0: hi i'm kenzie fell producer and co-host of magoan Braybender's podcast channel side effects we can all agree that the coronavirus has rocked our worlds we can't even begin to list each industry organization and businesses small or large that has had to alter how they conduct their day-to-day business to comply with this new normal as an insurance broker open enrollment season is actively on our minds This year especially, we knew it would bring some challenges for our customers while planning their benefits, conducting their meetings, and getting their employees engaged. That being said, we are so excited to welcome the Compensation and Benefits Manager from G&J Pepsi-Cola bottlers, Mary Halbert, to our show today. Mary graduated from the University of Cincinnati with a Human Resources Management degree. She has over 20 years of experience in the HR, benefits, and compensation world. Today, she'll share with us how COVID-19 has changed her job, the challenges G&J Pepsi is facing, and how they'll tackle the open enrollment season. Without further delay, welcome Mary.
1: I'm Scott McGowan.
0: I'm Kenzie Fell. And I'm Anne-Marie Singleton.
2: Now, I think even for our listeners, too, I think what's important is um, we might be right, we might be wrong. But one thing is we're not afraid.
0: Our goal is to get you to think about things a little differently. And we're
1: unscripted.
0: We just have free reign for 20 minutes.
1: Welcome to Side Effects with an A.
0: Welcome to Side Effects. I'm Kenzie Fell, and we are back in the studio for the first time since March, and we are socially distanced. I am here with Dave Holman, the director of strategy and innovation.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: And we are so excited to have Mary here from G and J Pepsi. Welcome, Mary. Hi there. Thank you so much for being here today. And like we were just having a very similar beginning of the podcast, like 2020, right, Dave? Oh my
2: gosh! <laughs> I, if if all of you could have been here, the 15 minutes before we. We went on the air. Our our studio was torn down for the last few months, and we put it back together, and we thought everything was perfect, and then we had a couple curveballs, but...
0: We put out some fires. Yeah, but we are here, (laughs) and we
2: are well, and we're ready to talk to Mary about benefits and COVID.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) So, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. If you wanted to just give our listeners some background, tell us a bit about yourself and how you got your position at G&J Pepsi.
1: All right, I'm 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 very happy to be here with you guys. Um, I actually started my career as more of a generalist, but um, my position has grown into including a heavier emphasis on benefits and compensation, and that's where my interest uh, took me. So uh, I heard about the opening at D and j Pepsi, and it sounded like a good fit. So um, next month, I will have been with the company three years.
2: Okay great and and we know a little bit about you now what about G&J Pepsi for our listeners out there can you tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do there
1: so we are a uh, beverage manufacturer and distributor Um, we've been in business since the 20s Um, we're the largest family owned uh, bottler that PepsiCo uh, PepsiCo corporate has um, in its uh, in its book of business Um, and we um We are located throughout um, South and Central Ohio uh, and also Central Kentucky with um, Columbus being our largest location.
2: Yeah, and you just, even though it's G&J Pepsi, you do bottle other products, don't you?
1: Uh, We do, um, but also many others we have the license to distribute such as, you know, Dr. Pepper and Gatorade um, in our areas. So while we don't actually um, bottle those uh, brands we have the license to distribute them
2: okay yeah that's a, I'm not in the beverage jargon business so I apologize <laughs> for that so and, and how many employees across all those locations about how many employees do you have
1: uh, so we have over 1,500 employees and um, like Columbus is by far our largest location but we go as far um, in eastern Ohio as say Athens. Um, and then as far south as um, Lexington and uh, Winchester, Kentucky.
2: Okay. So I know with that many locations, that many employees dispersed geographically, um, there are some challenges when it comes to benefit communication. And can you talk uh, or speak maybe for a moment about what your challenges were pre COVID (laughs) as far as uh, communicating with your employees?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, we do struggle uh, to reach everyone consistently, even though um, every employee has a and j Pepsi company email account, um, since the majority of our employees are not at a computer workstation. So, mm-hmm. uh, but we do have a number of employees who are issued uh, handheld devices that are capable of accessing um, email. But unfortunately, it's not a habit for many of them. So that's um, you know that's our primary channel um, of communication, um, but of course you know we do some communication uh, via U.S. mail, and, and we still you know have a number of folks who claim they never received um, a piece of communication from us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. So there were challenges before COVID. COVID feels like it was a million years ago now, but really it was about seven or eight months ago. So let's go to March 13th. I feel like that was a big day, COVID hits, things changed in America, it feels like overnight. Um, Mm -hmm. So what exactly changed at G&J?
1: Well, uh, initially, um, those of us who were able to um, be sent home to work did so, um, especially those of us in like open office type of areas where, where we share space mm-hmm. um, It was felt like that was probably the safest thing to do. Um, but for others, like working out in the market, um, you know, their business kind of ramped up, um, you know, right. keeping product on the shelves was a challenge. We, we had, um, we, we were making many more trips uh, to do that. the, the delivery folks were, um, but then others, uh, like for instance, who serviced in the restaurant business, um, they were not as busy, obviously Struggling. when, you know, mm. the, some of those got, had to be shut down. So, um, so G and had to make the tough decision to lay off, um, uh, mostly on a temporary basis. Um, a handful of those types of workers, um, while others had, you know, some, some hours cut, but, um. But, you know, we're, we're considered essential in the food and beverage area. So, so we were able to continue operations, which is a blessing.
0: Right. That's so nice. And how would you say um, it affected morale in in the company?
1: So it's kind of all over the map. You know, some people were, you know, excited to have the opportunity to, you know, work even harder and, you know, have a, a, a feeling of, you know, um, keeping things going Mm -hmm. um so to speak so there was that and then i i could definitely sense you know others who you know just you know the gravity of you know what was happening you know people with kids and um you know so it it was it was kind of across the board
0: right no that makes sense and i never really thought about that if you're an essential worker you're like yeah i'm in the food and beverage industry they need us right now so that is Mm -hmm. I, i never really thought about that that's interesting.
2: Yeah. yeah. So from a communication standpoint, what happened did did anything change in March and April? Did you find yourself just uh, overall organizationally in light of what was going on, did you find yourself communicating a whole lot more? Mm-hmm. Did you try to use different methods of communication with some people at home and and others you know, on site? What types of challenges did you face during that, and how did you address them?
1: Uh, well, G&J was in the process of rolling out um, Microsoft Teams to the organization, um, I mean, right in the thick of that. So so that was that was a good thing that, you know, the timeliness of that. Good timing, <laughs> uh, for sure. It was really good, <laughs> right. And then we were experiencing problems with Skype before that. So this that's been um, a real... A real uh, saving grace uh, during this um, but also um, you know as you guys know all the different studies and surveys and things that were coming out around the coronavirus um, you know our communications team internally set up a resource center on the web um, kind of a one-stop shop for folks seeking information about you know the virus and its effect on on them on them as people and then also on the business so um you know i was funneling resources their way um, and they had their own um their own uh, resources for updates in that area so trying to just keep people um you know informed that way giving them um a method for you know checking on hey what's the latest
2: so mary what what we've often found is when you when you roll out something a new initiative new pieces of technology, and there's no urgency for adoption, mm-hmm. it's amazing how slow and and um, how long it can take Unengaged, to implement. Yeah. But in the Ooh. midst of a crisis, when it's Ooh. much more important and there is that sense of urgency, do you think that makes a difference in the success of of New technologies being implemented, or is it just one more thing uh, to add to the chaos?
1: (laughs) Um, A good way of putting it. Um, You know, yeah. I mean, there there definitely is an urgency, and I think depending on your role in an organization, it can be. You know, okay, I need this. I need to become you know an expert in this overnight. Um, There's that urgency, but um, you know, then for others like you know, Hey, what's in it for me? Or, you know, I don't see this as, you know, being relevant right now. Um, you know, they, they may tend to kind of shrug it off.
0: Right. Well, I, I was thinking back to what you said about your coronavirus resource center. And we also found really good success with that. Um, our team built our resource center and we realized we had more traffic than ever before going to this one website. And we were like, wow people are gobbling that up that's what they needed yeah they needed the communication so uh, yep. I'm sure you noticed it too it's it was very crucial to have all of that available to them 24 right. 7 so right okay so and especially
1: now, we start Oops, sorry no go ahead. we had started doing um, you know like temperature checking stations. so information oh. on that you know like so many other businesses that stayed open and operating during you know peak times um, you know, right. they, they had to have that available, you know, so that co felt safe.
0: Oh, exactly. And did you guys, I assume, added plexiglass and extra hand sanitizer and all of that fun stuff, too? Uh, we, we adopted a number
1: of the suggestions. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely, you know, heavy on the hand sanitizer and, you know, the, the face coverings. As, you know, the government has said, you know, they're, they're optional and you know they're recommended and they're mandatory you know we've kind of followed along with those as well.
2: So Mary you said something a minute ago and it it triggered some a question in my mind. So you had to shift gears very quickly from like your strategy of just engagement and communication to almost at the onset of the crisis reassuring people and and trying to keep them safe. Is that easier is it is it easier or harder than just trying to engage them I guess trying to to reassure mm-hmm. them that they're safe and that you're taking care of them and and you know G, when they come in to your facility or go out to your clients that that they're all being taken care of
1: mm-hmm. yeah I would um, I would credit our communications team and then there was also um, a task force that was set up that was kind of overseeing. Um, you know, the, the disbursement of all the, the communications at the time. Um, you know, keeping folks informed and calm. Um, you know, we, we at the corporate office are somewhat at a disadvantage because we're not, you know, out, um, you know, with the employees at the locations. Um, so, you know, we, we relied on our boots on the ground at those locations. Um, and the communications team equipped them. With the resources to kind of you know shepherd folks through this um, through this time.
0: right. So um, now kind of changing gears, thinking of where we are now. We're in September. It's open enrollment season. Um, and I know our team has a lot of fun working with your guys' team because you guys turn open enrollment into an event. You have lots of engagement. You try to get 100% attendance um, and we we obviously really appreciate and enjoy that. But how has COVID affected this for your planning and your preparation for this year's open enrollment?
1: Yeah, it, it will definitely have a different uh, different flavor to it. Um, but. I have to say it's our partnership with you guys that's, um, you know, kind of helped take D and J to the next level with that. Um, but this year we are conducting all our meetings virtually. Um, that was a tough decision, but it seemed like the the right one. Um, and we had initially thought we would make uh, enrollment mandatory this year, um, but instead it's going to be passive. So mm-hmm. um, with certain benefits carrying over from 2020. Um, We're also keeping our changes to a minimum. Um, Just, you know, people have so much to think about right now. Um, We don't want to just uh, inundate them with with new information to absorb. Um, We'll be, you know, any print materials we have, we'll we'll mail to their home addresses. Um, But we are also scaling back on the video production. Um, Rather than being event-driven this year, as we've done the past uh, two years, we'll um, introduce a new uh, branded character, and um, he is a trusty medical professional oh, um, yeah. who will help guide uh, employees through uh, what's new for 2021.
2: Yeah, and and what is his name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> or, this, this will be his big debut. Yeah, <laughs> it's I Dr. Know. Pepper. I, Dr. Pepper. That's <laughs> uh, you know, and for our listeners, when. When Mary talks about uh, open enrollment being an event for them, it truly is. And um, I think of the, you know, of the clients that we help out out um, with, with our team here, mm-hmm. G&J is by far the most fun and the most creative so where creative. we can yep. get really get out of the box and make it fun and engaging so that... Um, The audience just aren't passive participants they're engaged they feel like they're in the moment and I think I think if we could look to any um, Any client that really kind of sets the standard for open enrollment. It would be g&j pepsi Mm -hmm. so you guys do it spectacular, but at the same time, I know that we had a call a couple weeks ago and we, you know, as you said, we are scaling it back. Mm-hmm. So our yeah. team has been working really hard to to think about how can we still take that on a lo- from a large scale and keep it on a small scale, but keep your brand, keep your culture, keep your engagement. And so um, we we are currently looking um, at that. So I think this this forces us to be creative and agile in different ways for you. And I think even from the benefits side. Where your team looks uh, to plan for open enrollment, and so is that the what? I know that you talked about what G and J is going through. What is your advice for other companies that are going through this right now, open enrollment in a very different way?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, I don't think anyone has all the answers right now. You know, we're just dealing with so much uncertainty. Um, in the world, and certainly in our businesses, um, but just to you know, hopefully have an ear to um, you know the employees and, and the folks who are, are working beside them and with them. Um, what might uh, what might work? You know, our like I said, our decision to make them all virtual was really tough because we we look forward to um, getting out and, and meeting with the employees. Sometimes this is our only chance during the year to engage with them. So, right. um, you know, just um, listening to what the employees are, are telling you they need um, as far as, you know, um, you know, even benefit offerings. You know, we, um, we've we been planning um, our 2021 open enrollment for several months now. Um, but, you know, obviously we, we've shifted a bit. Um, we, we've scaled back on you know, any of the changes we have planned. We're, we're just um, doing the ones that make the most sense for us um, as a, as a team and as a, as a population, you know, some just aren't um, appropriate to roll out
0: right now. And I'm sure the employees appreciate that. You're right. There's so much stuff coming at them. And this is one thing that doesn't have to be complicated. And I really love that you guys are still even being creative with a passive enrollment. Cause we're super excited for Dr. Pepper and I'm sure that'll <laughs> get their attention and get them excited and hopefully make it an easy process. So, right. Um so and that, who doesn't trust Dr. Pepper, right? <laughs> I know, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And with his little outfit, he's going to be debuting yeah. super cute. Um yeah. so while we kind of wrap up towards the end here, um generally speaking, how has COVID changed your job for the better and for the worse in your team, too?
1: Uh, well, my team is back working in the office uh, kind of on a semi staggered basis we're calling it just because of the space constraints um, so all our collaboration is still being done virtually I mean I can be on a on a team's call with somebody in in the very next office so it, you know it seems kind of silly but it's it's what we have to do you know to maintain you know the the social distancing um, I think it has maybe renewed our appreciation for one another. Um, you know, you don't, you don't take your teammates for granted as much. I mean, that's at least personally speaking for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's tough uh, not being able to celebrate with coworkers, you know, if they have, you know, you know um, personal milestones or, you know, anniversaries, things like that, um, or, you know, properly welcoming new employees in the department. Um, yeah. you know, that's, that's tough too. You know, normally we, we have kind of a routine that we go through, you know, have a company lunch and, um, you know, specific things we do to, to make them feel welcome. And we, we, we've not been able to do everything we wanted
0: to. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So do you think that the changes that we're going through right now from an industry standpoint, are these temporary or do you think these will become more permanent? Do you think mm-hmm. this is going to change the way that benefits are administered and communicated, or is this just a temporary blip?
1: Uh it's it's hard to say. You know, I I would love to say that we will just rewind and kind of go back to the pre-COVID state. Um, you know, this this massive interruption that we've experienced. <laughs> I think it's um, a blip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a big old <laughs> yeah. you know, So, um, you know, I, you know, we're hearing about companies, you know, who who are deciding to, you know, keep their workforce remote, like even if and when it's safe to return, they've made the decision already that, hey, we're not we're not going back to, you know, our traditional office environment. So in that regard, you know, that is kind of a forever change, Um, you know, and with technology, you know, that enables those changes to be made so um, so we do that's something we need to keep up with but um, I'm hoping you know maybe it'll swing back slightly (laughs) you know to not go from like A to Z like we've had to do maybe we'll come back to maybe Q or something (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: do you think that employee benefits and the offerings are going to be changing like for the future do you think a lot more will be covid related or how do you think the future of benefits look
2: i guess maybe even will telemedicine become not just an add-on but an integral part of every plan Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it, it it very well could because you know the um the the medical world has has made adjustments you know in in the past six months that we never would have Guess they would do that would become kind of mainstream, right? Like like right. telemedicine. Um, but I would I would also venture to say um, we might see more offerings on the uh, employee well being um, mm-hmm. focus, mm-hmm. Um, like yeah. not only just general health and wellness, but also maybe even like financial wellness and planning assistance.
2: Yeah definitely yeah I think that we uh, somebody was talking the other day that EAP utilization is just going through the roof like never mm. before uh, yeah. because it's always been one of those benefits you just you have it but you never think about it and right. now it's it seems to be it's front crucial. and center for a lot of people oh yeah yeah So. yeah
1: I think it is with ours too um, and that was definitely you know in our resource center uh, front and center you know who were struggling I mean um, you know, even like with childcare arrangements and stuff. I mean, that's that's got to be so tough on families. Yeah.
0: You're right. You're right. Well, Mary, I hate to do this, but our time has come to an end, and we so appreciate all of your insight and expertise. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any last comments you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Um, just you know, thank you guys for what you do, and. You know, your, your whole team helps us uh, get the job done uh, day after day. So uh, it's my pleasure spending the time with you guys.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments about our episode on side effects, you can learn more about Mary and G&J Pepsi on our web- website. And you can email me at Kenzie at healthierbirthdays.com. Or you can reach out to Dave as well.
2: Yeah, Dave at healthierbirthdays.com.
0: So um, thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time on Side Effects.